from Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Put my name up in the night. After weeks of asking the question, what would it mean for Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the Kansas City Chiefs to win another Super Bowl? We got the answer to that question. But maybe the most impressive part of the win is that this was supposed to be a rebuilding year. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. And your smart speakers, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, were presented by Progressive Insurance. And Harry said it earlier, I will say it loudly. This is the year where Patrick Mahomes starts to cost some money. Tyreek Hill is no longer a part of the team. It's a rebuilding year. I was wrong coming into the season. I thought that it would be a step down for them this year. Absolutely could not have gotten it more wrong about Kansas City. But then you look at it and you say, man, uh, where are we supposed to sort of find our inspiration on how to beat this team now? Because, man, they are untouchable. They win in a rebuilding year. Well... A lot of us may thought it was a rebuilding year. I don't think anybody in Kansas City may have thought that, but That's a lot fair. of people on the outside uh, thought it was a rebuilding year, number one, because of the simple fact that they lost Tyreek Hill, right? But, but a lot of people forgot that they still had Travis Kelsey. Now, I look at the last three drafts for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, you look at back in 2020, you, you look at two players in Cl- Clyde Edwards-Hilaire uh, and, and Willie Gay, and even though, you know, Edwards Hilaire didn't play that much this season. He was a factor last year. He's going to be a part of their future. You look at Willie Gay and how, 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 able he, how, how he's been able to play at a high level. You look at Trey Smith in 2021. You got Trey Smith, Noah Gray. Um, you got Kane Doe. You got Creed Humphrey and also Nick Bolton. You look at 2022, their draft class. You got McDuffie. You got George Karloffis. You got Sky Moore, Brian Cla- uh, Cook. Chanel, Joshua Williams, Kennard, Jalen Watson, Isaiah Pacheco, all of these guys in the last three draft class. So what's the moral of the story, Fitz? <laughs> it's you true. could pay Patrick Mahomes, but if you continue to draft well and you continue to develop your players, and it's not just the first or second round guys. It is the guys that you can get in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round, and even guys you can sign uh, – as college free agents, the Kansas City Chiefs have been able to do this while paying their quarterback. And they've been able to just plug and play guys into, into spots where they don't feel like they need to play, uh, pay big money guys. And, and I, I just love it. I love the attitude. I love the mindset because it goes and show you that, hey, we don't just have to bring in big name guys for our team. As long as we have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, we're going to be okay. And we can just plug guys into the system, and the guys are going to come out on the best side of that system. I mean, you mentioned Willie Gay a minute ago. Eight tackles, six solo tackles, two tackles for loss. Like, you talk about somebody that had a big game and needed to have a big game. We said all week that it's not called the R- it's not called the PO. It's called the RPO. Are they going to be able to yep. take away the run? They committed to that in the second half, and it worked. And, and I, I walk away from this whole thing saying what we've learned is that as long as Andy Reid and uh, Patrick Mahomes are on the billboards at, at Arrowhead Stadium, they're never going to rebuild. They will never be in rebuilding mode because they have too much talent at coaching quarterback to ever be there. And all it takes then is everybody else simply doing their job. And in fact, Patrick Mahomes uh, was at his press conference and he talked about the fact that this was a different Chiefs team. 
We had a new team, man. A lot of young players. Brett Veach did a great job of getting a lot of great players that contributed for us in this in this in this game, especially. And um, I, I said it before the year, and I'll always say, as long as Andy Reid's coaching us, we're always going to have a chance. So uh, well, I'll keep the big guy around a couple more years at least, and uh, we'll try to be back in this game as many times as possible. Uh, question, uh, Evan, producer extraordinaire. That that's recent, right? Like that just happened. That that that's from current. When was that? When when did he? He had like a press conference like in the last hour. How does Patrick Mahomes sound more more coherent the day after winning the Super Bowl than most of us do that had a party last night? That's the real question. Like Patty Mahomes out here just coming in. It sounds like he's ready to go to work, Harry. He's ready to just come in and like get it done. Well, he also mentioned last night, you know, because he does have a new baby, that he's going to be on bottle duty. He's going to be on sleep duty. And I just got to send you a message, Patrick Mahomes. My man, do the best you can, but it's going to be a lot of nights that you lack sleep. Trust me, I know. Yeah, I mean, daddy. But support dude. but support your wife. You got to support your wife and give her the help that she properly needs. You want to give a shout out here? I mean. Shout out to all my breast free mothers. I, I, there we go. It's, it's just a, it's a constant <laughs> on this show. Fitz and Harry, uh, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. I think all of this comes back to understanding who you are as an organization, right? And understanding how you've built your team and understanding what you have. And it's funny because the the conversation that we will have about so many quarterbacks is, are we maximizing their opportunity to win? Is their window being maximized? And right now, if you look at what the Chiefs have done, they've figured out that they can put the right pieces, and I'm not saying any piece, but they can put the right pieces in with the coaching staff that, that has so much trust for each other and a quarterback they know can put them in these situations and all of a sudden, they are able to maximize without having to do a ton of heavy lifting all over the place. Like well, They're able to find different ways to maximize. Well, who needs love is the Hunt family, who owns the team, and also Brett Veach, who's the general manager of this team, because they obviously have a plan, and their plan uh, in, in doing so has worked up until this point. Right? You talk about three Super Bowl appearances in the last, what, five years? That's phenomenal. And it all started when you drafted a guy named Patrick Mahomes. It's uh, it's amazing when you think about 14-3. and three. And when you think about how they got, like, this, not only did they win the Super Bowl, we all know that, but look at their run through this. Uh, when they went through their run of trying to get to the Super Bowl, in order to win the Super Bowl, they had to beat the number one team in the NFL over the course of most of the season in the Philadelphia Eagles. To get to that point, they had to beat the Cincinnati Bengals, who many people, myself included, were ready to anoint as better than Kansas City moving forward. You think about what they had to They had to beat a Jacksonville team that everybody was uh, super hot on, right? Like You think about what they had to do to get to where they are. They had to beat quality at every round, and they had to make their statement, and they did that again in a rebuilding year. It's just with Mahomes injured for part of this. Like, I don't know, for for me as a Raiders fan, I'm just sitting around saying, like, put my feet up and enjoy the next decade to get my ass kicked because I don't really know what the point is right now. Like, that's that's all. I, as, as, a, as a Raiders fan, I watched that last night, and I just thought all I can do is tip my cap to this entire generation of what I'm about to have to watch. But think about this, though, also, Fitz. You had four guys in the Super Bowl that scored touchdowns, right? That are in their second year and under. You talk about Isaiah Pacheco, Sky Moore, Nick Bolton, and Kadarius Toney. Four guys scored touchdowns in that game that are two years and under. That's phenomenal. That lets you know that you not only draft well, but when you do see guys that potentially are on other teams that you think would be a great fit, Kadarius Toney, uh, on your roster, you make moves to go get them. 
Yeah. And that's what that's what they did. And you bring in guys like Juju Smith-Schuster, who's who's not the burner, who's not gonna you know probably catch for fourteen hundred yards or thirteen hundred yards, but he's gonna be where he needs to be, and he's gonna be reliable. That's what he was in the Super Bowl game. It's but when you sit here and think about for any of us that were out there wagering, by the way, had a very nice night on the Super Bowl. Uh, if any of us were out there wagering, most of us were not sitting there saying, "Oh, Sky Moore, that's gonna be he's gonna be the key." Like that's what's also interesting about this in a game where we were certain. That Travis Kelsey would get fed, and he did. There's no doubt about it. The question was who else was going to step up and who else could sort of be a playmaker for the Chiefs, and the answer to that was everybody, Harry. Like, it wasn't yep. one person. It was everybody, and I'll go back to just the plays we talked about earlier. The touchdowns to Sky Moore and the touchdown to Kadarius Tony was just such... It was just pretty play design. Like, there's no no two ways about it. Like, you're watching a guy moonwalk into the end zone. Might you know, like he's doing the the worm getting on in because nobody's near him. It just speaks to what they've been able to build. But I bet a lot of people would have lost a ton of money, right? If they if if, if a bet would have been out there, you know what? Four touchdowns going to be scored in this game by the Kansas City Chiefs. All four of those touchdowns are going to be by players in year two and under. A lot of people would have lost a ton of money. Two rookies, Sky Moore and Isaiah Pacheco, they played a major role. Now, Sky Moore had one catch, but that one catch was for a touchdown, right? You don't know what the, what, what the difference in the game may be, but I know in the second half, that was one of the drives. Isaiah Pacheco ran his tail off, man. I love this guy's energy. I love how he gets downhill. And Kadarius Toney. Kadarius Toney couldn't even stay on the football field for Devin's New York football giants. Mm-hmm. He goes to Kansas City, uh, and, and, and he's phenomenal. Punt return and a touchdown in the game. Yeah, huge plays. Uh, he's now got a big fat Super Bowl ring, so I think he's doing pretty well. Patrick Mahomes' supporting cast was getting it done. Getting it done brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. All the love for Patrick Mahomes, but was he even the best quarterback on the field last night? Bum, bum, bum. We'll break it down. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM, Channel 80. Magic Johnson is known for being the brightest light of the five-time champion Showtime Lakers. And since the end of his playing days, Magic has been a champion for minority-owned businesses. Magic helped to fund nearly $100 million in small business loans directly to minority-owned businesses who were impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. Black History Always, celebrating Black History Month on ESPN Radio. and Harry, the podcast. And the Kansas City Chiefs have won another Super Bowl. It's all, it always hurts, right? Anytime you don't come out on top, it hurts. We'll use this pain, we'll use this failure for motivation for us. You either win or you learn. That's how I feel. You either win or you learn. You know, really, really happy for Trav. You know, played his ass off. Um, that team deserves everything they had. You know, it's, it, it is it is a tough feeling to come up short. You know, it's a, it's a very tough feeling. Look, there's nothing anybody can say that's going to make Eagles fans feel okay about watching their favorite team lose a Super Bowl. But even in a loss, sometimes there are still positive moments. There are positive takeaways. And I think we got one of those last night because we saw Jalen Hurts absolutely ball out. Sports Radio WIP 94 on the call. Uh, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. And look, 
there were some conversations, Harry, uh, right or wrong, uh, about whether or not Jalen Hurts would be able to handle the moment. And I think it's fair to say we don't know. Like, you've never played in a Super Bowl. you got to see what somebody plays like. And then he went into the Super Bowl, and he was absolutely spectacular. So in my mind, you know, when I see somebody come in and ball out to that level, my first thought is, man, if there were any questions, if somebody's sitting around and they have a yeah but left on Jalen Hurts, they're just a Hurts hater at this point because he's answered every question there is to answer and he's going to be walking around with Scrooge McDuck bags of massive cash, rightfully so. Yeah, big message from me right now. Uh, if you're still doubting Jalen Hurts, go to a landfill and just dump your body, like dive in it like you dive into a pool, um, <laughs> you know, if you're going to swim, because that's where you belong, because you're probably trash. Jalen Hurts yesterday was so phenomenal. Fitz, you talking about throwing for over 300 yards, one touchdown in the air, but, but rushing the ball 15 times for 70 yards and three touchdowns. But for me, and I understand he did have the one uh, play, the fumble, in which the ball slipped out of his hands and it was returned for a touchdown by Nick Bolton. And that was a huge play in the game. But it said a lot to me after that fumble returned for a touchdown on the following drive that also offensive coordinator Shane Steichen uh, put the ball in Jalen Hurts' hands. The very next play, he caught a quarterback draw. Right. And on that drive, also on key fourth downs and third downs, Jalen Hurts had the football in his hand, making decisive plays. And also they went down and scored a touchdown. Um, And I I say this time and time again, he's so cool, calm and collected. He's a leader. But I mean, a leader, not only just leading his 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 teammates, but you see Nick Sirianni making gestures across the field. Jalen Hurts knocking his hand down, gave him a look like, you know, your mama, your daddy give you a look when they about to spank you because you did something you're not supposed Mm -hmm. to do. That's the look he gave <laughs> He gave Nick Sariani. Like, come on now. This is not the time for that. Stay locked in. But the young man played at a very, very high level yesterday. Um, he's going to be able to set his price on what he wants at the quarterback position. And if anybody is still doubting him, please go to that landfill, drive, or I pay for your Uber to go, and dive in there head first because you don't belong making takes at all. And by the way, I never really got the grace of a look. Like, my mom just went straight for it. You know, like, <laughs> like it's amazing. This is like anybody that was a kid in the 80s, it's amazing how moms had one move. It's like you could, they could take your wrist with one hand and, like, pull you up so your feet are barely on the ground so they didn't have to drop you down as far and then whap right on the butt. Like, that's just – it's amazing how, like, mom always had that one sh- – Move. It's a. It's nice. I don't know why that sound effect. Uh, when you talk about the effectiveness for Jalen Hurts, part of what we've said, I feel like every week is, well, somebody's going to take away his ability to run the football. They obviously weren't able to do that. In fact, not only uh, was Hurts a huge part of the rushing attack, even though, as we said earlier, they didn't get the yardage they would want. They rushed for 12 first downs. They scored three touchdowns on the ground. All that came from Hurts. I mean, you talk about 70 rushing yards came on designed calls. Like you talk about somebody that they had two weeks I, I've been saying all week and all day you know how much praise to the coaching staff of the Kansas City Chiefs they had two weeks to get ready for everything that Jalen Hurts does and he still had 70 yards rushing and he still if, if somebody wants to sit there and say uh, is he a great passer look at what he did I mean the ability to get the ball into tight windows and make oh. throws how many times were we all sitting there watching the throw saying holy you know what after that throw like Jalen Hurts came out and it absolutely 
absolutely he balled. Whatever whatever doubt that the Eagles fans may have had or the organization may have ever had, I just feel like he's gone through a checklist this entire year. And he's like, oh, well, you don't think I can sustain? Boom, I can do that. You don't think I can stay ahead of defensive coordinators? Boom, I can do that. You don't think I can make it through a season running the football? I know he had a little injury, but look at what he came back and did in the Super Bowl. So I, I just feel like Jalen Hurts has, has cemented himself as one of the young building block quarterbacks in the NFL without question, without doubt, this man is going to get paid and he has earned every cent of it. I think two of the best throws that we've seen from Jalen Hurts last night, uh, the first one was on third and 14, right? Where he threw the corner out to Dallas Goddard on the sideline. And you had the corner underneath sinking. And when I mean sinking, he's backing up to try to take that, that corner out away from the tight end. And you had the safety plan cover two at that half of the field. So you got to fit that football. There's only one place you could put that ball in between two people. And Jalen Hurts found a way to get it to Dallas Goddard because if that ball is, a, is, is, is off by a tiny bit, it's going to get intercepted. And it's going to be going the other way. The other one that I love was the pylon route. And we call that play a pylon that A.J. Brown ran for a touchdown. Um, you have a pylon, deep pylon going to the pylon, and you have a, a deep overcoming from the opposite side. And Jalen Hurts basically said, you know what? My guy is better than your two guys. Give him an opportunity. Give him a chance. Y'all want to know what offensive coordinators and quarterback coaches tell quarterbacks in meeting rooms? When you know your guy is better than the, uh, the defense that's going up against him, give him a chance. Give him an opportunity. That's what Jalen Hurts did. And A.J. Brown came down with the touchdown. Was the perfect throw. And I, I, I don't know how much more I can praise Jalen Hurts, but I want to make sure I give him his flowers because the strides that he has made as a quarterback and his mindset, his demeanor, the way he's faced adversity, I can't wait to cover him and watch him for years to come. And they've got a graphic up on uh, the ESPN app that I think is interesting. 80% completion percentage from inside the pocket. Fourth best all-time in the Super Bowl behind Phil Simms, Joe Montana, and Drew Brees. And I only say that because, like, right, it's the company that, you know, people have, have for, because of the way the national championship game went down, and, you know, you and I were there in Atlanta covering it when uh, when he was benched at the half for Tua, all of a sudden it became this narrative around Jalen Hurts. And then he goes to Oklahoma. And for a Heisman finalist, it feels like people have just been looking for constant reasons to doubt him. He comes into the league, and it's, well, let's see, I don't know, he needs weapons around him. Then he has the weapons, and it's, I don't know, is he really an MVP candidate? I mean, at some point, my guy can come out here and he can carve you up, which he showed with that completion percentage against a defense that had two weeks to get ready for you. And then, by the way, while he's carving you up, he can also just run all over you. It, it's just, I, I looked at Philadelphia, and, and I know they have a lot of questions. We have plenty of time to break down the 20 or so free agents and everything that was on the line for them this year. But we started this show by saying when you got Mahomes and Andy Reid, you always have a chance. I don't know that Jalen Hurts hasn't shown us he belongs in that same tier of conversation of the ability to win a lot of football games based on his skill set. And I think it's the way he does it, right? If, if he does make a mistake, in which he didn't make many this season, but when he did, right, he didn't waver. He didn't get too low. He didn't get too high when great things were happening. He always stayed even keel. And uh, I watched him on the sideline after that fumble, going and talking to his offensive line and going to guys. And a lot of people don't understand, before that fumble, and this is something a lot of people aren't talking about, they had a third and one situation in which he was going to pick up the first down by quarterback sneaking, and Samello, the offensive lineman, jumped off sides. That made it a third and six. So maybe if, we, if he doesn't jump off sides, we don't even see the fumble happen. 
And some, I just want to throw it out there. Something a lot of people aren't talking about. Today. By the way, I, I'm curious to see if they outlaw that Philly push this this uh, offseason. The league, the, the, it's a cheat code at this point. We'll see what the NFL does with it. <laughs> what I know is if you listen to this show at all, uh, Harry constantly tells me, you got to listen to Coach. I figure what we should do next is actually talk to a coach. A former coach is going to join us. We'll get all sorts of insights on what the differences were at the half and why it changed everything in this Super Bowl. We'll do it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. champions of Super Bowl 57. You're in the Super Bowl. You can worry about uh, getting it healthy in the offseason, so I, I just kind of fought through and we were able to win the game. It's the best feeling in the world, man. And uh, I'll tell you what, I don't know how many I got left, but uh, I'm sure going to cherish this one forever. Everything we work for is for this moment. You have to enjoy this moment. You can't you can't let the moment overtake you. I wanted this one more than I, than I ever wanted a game ever in my life. I mean, if there was any doubters left, there shouldn't be now. 106.5, the Wolf on the call. One of the best Super Bowls in recent memory, maybe one of the best of all time, as two evenly matched teams with the same records, the same number of points throughout the course of the regular season, went into a Super Bowl that you just knew was going to come down to the wire. The Chiefs get the three-point win. What's it mean for Kansas City? And what's it mean for Philadelphia? We'll continue to break it down. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Harry Douglas, I'm Jason Fitz. Our Wolfpack grows by one in studio. Herm joining us. Herm Edwards, former Chiefs head coach, Eagles defensive back. You know these two franchises well. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> but I, we love and we talk about it all the time on this show. Like one of the pillars for this show is coaching matters. So from a coaching standpoint, what did you see in this game that you thought was the biggest difference? Well, second half, especially in the red zone, um, the Chiefs took advantage of, of the coverage concepts that the Eagles were going to play. They played a lot of man-to-man down there. With that being said, uh, they ran that little. Sh- they were running short motion to make sure it was man, knowing if the corner slid down there or the safety, we had them in man to man. And then what they were doing is that the Eagles decided, well, you know what we'll do if they're motion and he's going to run across the field, uh, the corner will run back to the safety position and the safety will run down and take him at the other end so he doesn't beat us to the flat. Problem is, they ran return motion. And so now you put the corner at a disadvantage because he's trying to run across the formation, trying to get to the middle of the field. Didn't pay attention to where the receiver was. Receiver's on the tackle box, then he runs back to the flat. There's no one in the flat. I mean, nobody. That's that coverage I always said when you're playing defense. I got him, he got him, we got him, touchdown Chiefs. That happened twice. Third time, obviously, the safety comes down. Short motion again by Kelsey. They've got a plugger in the middle. What does that mean? they got a linebacker sitting in the middle for any short crosser. they got a safety playing deep. You come down, you got to cover the guy. you got to stay outside leverage. He jumps inside of Kelsey. Kelsey runs a flatten up for another touchdown. So leverage got him in trouble with bad eyes. And man-to-man in the red zone uh, was really – it cost him dearly. And, Coach, I got, I got to ask you, at what point, you know, being in that situation as a coach, do you say, you know what, enough of this. We're aborting the mission. Okay, we're going to play zone. We're going to play some brackets, whatever you want to do. But when Travis Kelsey caught that first touchdown versus man – I immediately right there would have said, you know what, we got to do something differently because playing against the Kansas City Chiefs, period, man coverage in the tight red zone, 
is a big no-no in my eyes. Well, it's very difficult. And, and here's a problem you run into because these guys are so talented. Well, like you just mentioned, Kelsey. Now, if you play zone, then all of a sudden, Kelsey runs inside. He's against a linebacker. And we saw it earlier when Kelsey made the play across the formation. He caught the one in the honey hole over there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Chiefs attack you this way. They attack you in the flat and in the curl area. Knowing if you play zone, if you void the flat – we'll throw it to the flat. If you void the honey hole in the hook area, we'll throw it over there. And the linebacker almost made the play on Kelsey. You remember the long one he caught, kind of yep. crossing the field? They were mm-hmm. in the zone. He's supposed to pick him up. He was a little bit short. That scare, That might have scared him. So if that scares him, then all of a sudden, now we're going to play man-to-man, which even, it's even worse. <laughs> it's even worse, <laughs> especially in the red zone. And what's funny about the play that they ran, the, the motion, the return motion, Jacksonville ran this on him. Think about that. Mm. A former Philadelphia Eagle coach was in Jacksonville. He ran the same thing on the Eagles. The return motion. Guess what? They scored a touchdown again. So, you know, Andy's not Andy's smart. These coaches are smart. They're going to look at all the film and try to figure out situational football, where do we attack you? The Eagles were a big man-to-man team in the red zone and said, we're going to attack the coverage this way. See, there it is right there, Fitz. Remember I said earlier, I want to go back and watch a ton of games and see and – see, where did Andy Reid or Eric Bieniemy see this happen? And Coach just brought it up. It was that Jacksonville game. It, well, and, and it raises this question to me, guys, because this is what I always hear, right? I always hear that you spend the offseason catching up, right? Defensive coordinators catch up. That, that's what we expect over time. Nobody's been able to catch up with the Chiefs. Like, Patrick Mahomes can just and, – and Kelsey, like, we know the ball's going there. Nobody can stop it. Why has no one been able to evolve into a, a plan that stops Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey consistently? Well, the plan is, you know, all plans are good until you start playing. <laughs> that's They're all okay, good on that's paper. Right, that is fair. That <laughs> you is know, fair. Every, every plan is great on paper. <laughs> but the problem is you're playing athlete against athlete, uh, against athlete and Kelsey, you know, he understands coverage. He understands if I sit in the zone, if I got a hook player and the hook player is sitting inside of me, I'm going to pivot back out. If the hook player is outside of me, I'm going to pivot back in. And so it's almost a cat and mouse game where Mahomes can sit in the pocket and they have good, they have this good rapport of, okay, we read the same thing. We're seeing it the same way. I'm going to throw you the ball. And, and that's the funny part. When you watch Kelsey play, he runs the same routes, guys. He's been running these same routes all year. So they're attacking the coverage with Kelsey understanding where the holes are in the coverage and Mahone's understanding, I trust him and I'm going to throw it there. It's a great, it's a great thing to watch. It, it really is because it, it's almost, you sit there and I, I laugh at it when I see it. I go, okay, they're going to attack over here again. Here they go. And they just keep running. Oh, it's not stuff. a great thing for me as a Raiders fan watching it all. But I mean, it's kicking my butt. It's, it's, it's hard stuff, you know. And, and, and when you allow him, and see what they do a good job of, they move Kelsey around. So you never can get a, like, kind of freaking where he's at. And then they run him in motion. And that becomes a bigger problem when they run him in that short motion. But, Coach, I would say that I think one of the things that's lost is, is the intelligence mm. of Travis Kelsey. Yes. That's why coaches love smart players because exactly. when you can dissect and decipher coverages and then you have a Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback and you already got some, you know, some, some, some releases off the line of scrimmage, the route running ability of a wide receiver, it's hard for a defense to be right, Coach. Well, it is. And, you know, a motion is an indicator. You know, I always say when they, when they start motion, they're reading your mail. Mm-hmm. That's what mm. they have motion for. I'm going to read your mail. Okay, I'm reading the mail. I'm processing it. Now, is it man or zone? And, and, and there's some indicators. Look, football, it, 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 it's, it's a pretty simple game when you think about it. Okay? They have five eligible receivers. If you just rush four guys, I got seven on your five. 
I got seven. You got five. They still find a way to get open because they understand there's only so many coverages you can play, guys. There's either man-to-man, there's a fire zone, there's cover three, there's cover two, whatever, however you want to do the coverage, right? If you send an extra guy, then you void a zone. If you send five guys, now it's six on five. You still have the odds in your favor. But the problem is when you get smart players, they understand where people are dropping in zones. They understand the concepts of man. And this is why Kelsey and Mahomes are basically unstoppable. And, Coach, really quick before we let you go, what did you think about the call at the end of the game, the holding penalty uh, uh, on Bradbury? Yeah, you hate for that to end it that way because that's what everybody's talking about. Uh, I, I feel bad for Bat, uh, Bradbury. Um, here again, <laughs> he loses leverage. You know, he, he he's, he's worried about the guy running the over and what he does, he's on the outside. He's on the outside of him when it starts, but then when he stops, he runs inside because he's trying to cut him off. And guess what? Then he pivots back out. If he just would have stayed outside, the guy could have never got outside. He grabbed him. There's no doubt. Was it? Is it that time to call it? I, you know, look. I, there's always. Did it hinder the ability for the receiver to catch the ball? I don't think so. And when you talk to officials, I used to talk to them all the time. I played the position. And I said, what do you call? And he says, if you, if you don't allow the receiver, if you get advantage by grabbing a guy where the guy can't catch the ball, I'm going to have to call it. So it, it, that's where they're at. And, and you hate for a game like this to end that way where it's like, hey, man, you know, they shouldn't have called. Look, it had nothing to do with that. They lost this game in the red zone, guys. They lost it in the red zone. They decided to play man-to-man. They couldn't get to the quarterback. And they sliced him up in the red zone. And that and that's how it all boiled down at the end of the day. Well, the uh, the, the takes have made us smarter, Coach. Appreciate your insight. Thank Appreciate you. you coming in and uh, giving us some of your eyes on it. And we're going to continue to break it down. But the best take you're going to hear all day about that holding penalty, yeah, you'll hear it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Good take. That's good. Great. Or a hot take. How hot? Red hot. Find out now with Fitz and Harry. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Fitz and Harry. We're going to play you some of the best takes coming out there from the Super Bowl. Figure out if it's good or if it's hot. If it's good take, that means we agree with it. If it's hot, we think maybe every everybody's losing their minds. And hot we start, take alert. This is not usually a hot take artist, right? Rob Ninkovich. I cannot believe I'm I'm playing Nink in good take, hot take. We'll see. We'll see. This is what Rob Ninkovich, ESPN NFL analyst, said on Get Up about the holding call against James Bradbury. I just don't like it. I mean, as a linebacker, it's really, really hard to, to cover those snag routes. You, you get a little handsy, but the receiver also, they put their hands on the defender, and they're trying to break free from you. So to grab a little bit, that, that's that's a tough one. And what I would really, what you really want to do as a as a linebacker and a de- defensive back, if you have white sleeves on, you don't wear dark gloves, especially if you're going against a white jersey team. You wear white gloves. If you have your hand there and it's on a white jersey, they don't throw the flag. Oh, look at you can see his hands like a bullseye, like a target. Oh, look, my hand's right here on your back. Throw the flag. Oh, glove color. Good take or hot take, Harry. This is a great take in my eyes. 
And I will say this, leave it to Rob Nikovich, who played for the New England Patriots, who are known for cheating on a regular basis, <laughs> to say this, to make this statement. But no, he's 100% right. I remember DB coaches that I had on teams that I was playing on, they would always ask guys to see, you know, bring two pair of gloves to the game and see what the, the opponents are wearing. So it kind of matches, you know, if they have on long sleeves, it kind of matches them. So or the or the color of their jerseys. So I, I'm with Nick on this one. So I think it's good take too. My only question for you is, what about shoes? Like when you're playing in a certain end zone, should you wear certain certain color shoes to help the ref see if you're inbounds or out of bounds? That's another one too. That's another good one. Oh, look at this! All right, let's see if we've got another good take. This is Max Kellerman on Keyshawn J. Will and Max about Mahomes and the fact that he has catapulted himself up the quarterback all-time list. If you look at any quarterback who ever lived through his first five seasons, Key, I get you, he's chasing Montana and then Brady if he ever gets there. But right now, I don't see anyone through five seasons who's done what Mahomes has done. And in fact, even if you take it for its career, if you combine the level of play with the team's success, I don't really have anyone ahead of him other than Brady and and Montana right now. Trailing only Brady and Montana on the all-time list. Good take, hot take. For me, I'll be honest with you. I think it's a hot take, and I say it's a hot take because of this. I think he's only trailing Tom Brady at this moment. Like, does Peyton Manning not exist? Does Peyton Manning not exist in this conversation anymore? Like, you're saying, and and by the way, Joe Joe Montana never. He's not. Joe He's Mon- not trailing Peyton Manning either. Oh my God! Joe Montana never threw an interception in any Super Bowl. Like so, so I'm I'm supposed to sit there on the Michael Jordan Lebron debate and say that Michael never lost one, and that's the reason that he's higher. Well, Joe Montana never lost a Super Bowl, never even had a Super Bowl turnover. Let me ask you a question: If you had to do a draft, you're drafting Joe Montana, or you're drafting Patrick Mahomes. Who are you drafting? Well, I mean, I'm probably drafting Patrick Mahomes, but okay. you know, I mean, it's let a di- my case rest. Okay, well, it's a different <laughs> world. I mean, that's, I mean, Evan, Evan stood up. In that up. question, I'm taking Patrick Mahomes over Tom Brady too. Yeah, I mean, if we're exactly. just going based on like he's on his way, fellas. I Y'all need just to co- come you know with what? me on the ride. He's you know on what? his way. Uh, I. I can't even be mad about it, but it, it should be noted Evan stood up from his chair, which made him standing on the chair <laughs> five foot six, uh, including the chair leverage. I, I only know he, like, it's the first time I could see him over his computer monitor, so I knew he was standing on something there. Let's continue the good take, hot take. Uh, let's go next to Brandon Jacobs, former NFL running back. He was on the Super Post Game Show and said this about Travis Kelsey, where he stands in the all time tight end list. I think Travis Kelsey is. Above everyone. I mean, he's done a tremendous job um, in his day in the NFL, uh, super, you know, on a super successful team that he has a lot to do with offensively. He does a lot offensively for the Kansas City Chiefs. He is the big reason that, you know, that we want to call Mahomes the GOAT. They got a great connection, and this guy just plays all over the field. Blocking wise, receiving wise, he's everything you want. Good take or hot take? I think this is a good take. And I'm a guy that played with Tony Gonzalez for a few years when he was in Atlanta. Uh, I love everything Travis Kelsey brings to the table. They center their offense around Travis Kelsey. So if you stop him, there's a great chance you're going to stop the Kansas City Chiefs. Here's the bad part. No one has figured out how to stop Travis Kelsey to this point. Um, He's phenomenal. And I think the only person that's in front of him right now, when you talk about postseason success, is Jerry Rice. Yeah, I mean, I actually, I think this might be a good take. Uh, I, I agree with you. Also, I'm just going to play a little of this again. This is Brandon Jacobs. I think Travis Kelsey is above everyone. I- 
His voice is sensual. I mean, right into that microphone, Brandon Jacobs, like, he's got that, like, I mean, listen. What are you saying? I think he's Travis Kelsey word. is. His voice is like, it's it just, he's got what that. What does it do? What does it do to you? It, like, it, well, what do you mean? Gives me all the shivers. Like, he's got, like, feels like he's right up on the mic and he's got, like, he's got a depth to his voice. I, I don't know how he does that. It sounds, uh, he sounds what? perfect. Uh, I'm just saying, he's, he's got a nice speaking voice. Stephen A. Smith also has a nice speaking voice. You might know him from a show called First Take. This is what he had to say about Jalen Hurts and the money that Hurts deserves. Lamar Jackson was looking for $235 million. Okay. He wanted more than the $230 million guaranteed to Deshaun Watson. Right. Okay. Well, we all sat up there and said, well, at least $200 million. Then that means Jalen Hurts deserves at least $200 million. Yeah. Because he got farther than Deshaun Watson has ever gone. He's gotten farther than Lamar Jackson has ever gotten, plus the improvement, plus the leadership, plus the fact that the franchise recognizes him as the face of the franchise now. There is no one else on the Philadelphia Eagles that you're looking at and you're calling the face of the franchise. $200 million? Good take. Good take. Uh, Jalen Hurts earns every bit of what he's about to get this offseason, and rightfully so. He's a leader. He's a phenomenal quarterback. He can do it in the pass game. He can do it in the run game. So I like everything about what Stephen A. just said. Yeah, well, I actually agree with you, and I think you know this comes back to what we talk about all the time. Not my fault that Deshaun Watson reset the market. He reset the market. So at this point, in my mind, you go out there and you're just going to have to pay for it. There's no no two ways about it. And what do we always say? If you know you have your quarterback, get ahead of it. Get out there, get your quarterback paid as soon as possible because the market value is only going to go up and up and up. So this is their chance, obviously, to to get ahead of that value. Uh, whatever Jalen Hurts wants at this point, I think it's pretty uh, pretty understandable. Jalen Hurts is going to get it. There is no longer any yeah but left around Jalen Hurts. That being said, it's good take, hot take. And I just heard the hottest take I have ever heard from my co-host, Harry Douglas. The hottest take. My guy has been on first take, and I just heard the hottest take he's ever said. We'll play it again and get into it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Hot take alert. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 